Let's get it all! What's up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another week of the Weekend Recap by Comments from the Peanut Gallery. Now, this last weekend we saw some explosive action go on on the UFC Columbus card, and we also saw a little bit of mixed rules competition that is atypical from the normal competition that we're seeing in combat sports, and we'll talk a little bit about each of those. Starting off right away with the opening segment, that is the What I Got Right and What I Got Wrong segment. This segment this week is brought to you by Colorado Native Company. If you're in the need for any HVAC services or products, be sure to hit up my man Robbie with Colorado Native Company. Let him know that the peanut gallery sent you and they will get you all taken care of just like family. All right, so might as well jump right into the thick of things here with the main event out at UFC Columbus. Now, it was Awesome to see another fight night card in front of a live crowd. We've grown accustomed to those being at the apex over the course of the last couple of years during the pandemic. But again, it was nice to see something other than one of the pay-per-views here stateside being able to get out in front of all the fans. And the eruption from that Ohio crowd certainly showed that it was a great decision out there. In the main event, you had Curtis Blades just showing leaps and bounds of evolution with his striking. I know that that's been a major point of emphasis for him over there at Elevation Fight Team, continuing to grow and round out his game. Obviously, we know that he's the best heavyweight wrestler right now in that division, but he's continuing to grow on the feet, which I think is going to help propel him toward that title shot that he asked for i don't know if that's something that he may get right away you know with uh with all the different names that are waiting out there you had steep and the crowd who knows we'll see what i uh, will see what that situation unfolds for him there in the future now what i got right as far as this matchup goes was curtis is one of the top tier heavyweights the way that i see the heavyweight division is there's the top-tier elite guys who are potentially in the mix for title contention. Then there's another good group of guys who are potentially, you know, they, they teeter that line of being a contender and could make a run there at heavyweight, but are probably more so light heavyweights that don't want to cut. And then if we're talking a few of the others, they're just kind of there, you know, their their bodies, they're big, they can swing, and, you know, occasionally they'll produce that highlight reel knockout just because they're in the heavyweight division. But, yeah, that that's just kind of the way it is, and Curtis Blades is one of those top-tier guys. Chris Dalkus, that's now back-to-back KOTKO losses, so hopefully he takes some time to go back to the drawing board. It was a fast ascension up to these top ranks for him. So, again, hopefully he gets the brain taken care of and that's a that's a major major thing for him to recover from now his second consecutive knockout loss just simply because in the heavyweight division all it takes is a split second mistake and the night is over and that's exactly what we saw there now what did i get wrong as far as this matchup goes i thought that if we were just talking about standing and trading, there was going to be a bit of an advantage in the boxing toward Dow it's just based off of prior performances but i was very, very wrong about this, and I'm glad to stand corrected in that regard. Curtis Blades is a, a friend of the MMA plug, our show on Wednesday nights, and in general, I always root for the Colorado Fighters. So that was uh, that was great to see each one of them on the card, for that matter, go out and show out. We'll talk about a couple more of them as we proceed. 
in the co-main event, we had Alexa Grasso taking on Joanne Wood. Now, I don't know really what it is with Joanne Wood. I thought that, you know, that what, what I did get right was I thought in tight space when we're going through clinch strikes and elbows, JoJo's going to have an advantage. And we did see some elbows that found their mark, a couple of spinning attacks. But the boxing from Grasso is just so clean, so pure, and so smooth. And then we saw her nab her first win by submission. That's what I got wrong. I would have never thought that Alexa Grasso would have won this fight by submission. I also thought that this fight was going to go to the over. It did not. So that is another thing that I got wrong on that matchup right there. Now, this fight is the one that I thought should have been the main event. Or excuse me, the co-main event out there in Columbus. You have the immortal Matt Brown taking on Brian Barberina. Now, that was the people's main event right there in, in a sense of the violence that they were able to produce. Matt Brown is a legend. I don't care if he didn't get the nod on those three judges' scorecards. I simply feel that that was a performance that if you are an MMA fan, you have a friend who is not familiar with the game over and just comes and asks you, like, what is this all about? That is one of those fights that you can take to them and show an example. That was a first-team all-violence type of performance that was an early candidate for fight of the year thus far on the 2022 campaign in the UFC. And you got to see just why this was a matchup that had so many of us hardcore fans foaming at the mouth waiting for it to unfold. Matt Brown got hurt a couple of times throughout that fight. I think that's what potentially swayed the judges' scorecards. He had a considerable amount of volume that he was able to find the mark on Barbarina and was able to return damage just the same. However, one thing that I do see as a difference right now in Matt Brown as it is at 41 as opposed to, say, even you know four or five years ago, Matt Brown, the damage is taking a little bit more of a toll. You know, there there were some of those shots that back in the day, the immortal walks through those. He's like a zombie and just absorbs them and keeps on coming. There were a few strikes that landed from Barbarina that you could certainly see the big action response coming out of Matt Brown. So that's just something that's natural to be seen with age. Again, the man is 41 years old. He's one fight off of being tied from Derek Lewis for the most knockouts in UFC history. He has aspirations of continuing to fight on until he's 45. That performance was something that I think all fighters can look to take a lesson from as far as grit and determination, just being able to bite down and continue to move forward. And yeah, Matt Brown is a Hall of Famer in my books. Whenever it's all said and done, that dude is a legend, and he should have that recognition to be inducted for immortal glory within the UFC and MMA history. The, uh, the, the next fight down on the main card, this one was a little bit of a shocker to me. I definitely got this one wrong as far as my prediction on the fight itself. I did not think that Kai Karafrance was going to be able to pull this fight off against... Oscar Askarov. I thought that Oscar Askarov was just going to wrestle fuck him the entire time. I thought that he was going to be able to find that takedown entry on the smaller Kaikara France and just pretty much hold him down. Again, that obviously was not the case and did not happen. Do I think that there was a factor of the layoff for Askar Askarov that might have 
impacted some of his timing or just his uh his just general flow sure you can say that but nonetheless the fight is what it is but i think everybody needs to calm down on the talk of kai deserving a title shot next i simply don't believe that he should leapfrog some of the guys who are ahead of him in the rankings and some of those who have already beat him give him somebody in that top five ranks, you know, there's uh, there's a few willing dance partners out there, but I just don't think that he is the next guy in line for a title shot. Just don't see that as being the best thing for business. But hey, what do I know? This was one that was worth every fan in attendance cost of admission. This fight was a back and forth gritty war between Neil Magny and Max Payne Griffin. Love both of these guys. I've been a big fan and watched each of them for years now. It's kind of wild that it's taken this long for their past to cross in that welterweight division. You know, it, it really it depends on how you were to interpret that that second round. You know, the, I, I said it from the very beginning that Neil and his style with the volume and the pressure, he's going to keep on being in your face the entire time if you don't put him out. And that pressure is something that is breaking a breaking factor to a lot of fighters out there and when you're constantly having to deal with that pressure or being on the back foot maybe cutting that angle you know getting on your bike whatever it may need to be that constant movement is something that is just tick 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 draining down on the energy meter we did start to see max slow slow down a little bit later on in the fight and that's where neil began to take over again that fight was just a tip of the old cap to each of you. Thank you so much for the entertainment that you were able to provide for all of us. That was a fight that I was just thoroughly entertained in watching. You know, again, everybody everybody has to take a loss in a fight somehow, you know, unless it's a, a draw no contest, whatever. Those are rare circumstances. Someone is always going to be upset about the outcome. I know that Max wasn't happy about it. But it, it, it was a close fight that I feel like could have gone either way. Shout out to Neil Magny over there at Elevation Fight Team here in Denver, who has, again, he's a, a friend of the show on the radio, so is Max. But yeah, I, I think that that shows you why he is one of the leaders over there and is known as the captain, because despite the early adversity that he fought, he was able to find a way to adapt and overcome, ran head on into the storm for the remainder of the fight and found a way to get his, found a way to get his hands raised. You know, you, you always say that it's a great situation when you can learn off of a win. There's obviously things that each of them can take back and be able to build upon. So shout out to Neil Magny for figuring out that win. You know, that's a, that's a veteran move to be able to, grind that win out and then be able to push yourself forward in that in that adverse sort of circumstances there then again on the uh on on the main card you had mark Chikasi taking on slava claus uh Vashlav borshev i think that mark Chikasi is one of those guys who we just we we've never seen his full potential now I didn't really get anything with this fight wrong. I thought that in a straight-up striking matchup that Jacasey was going to be able to top Slava Claus, but I also didn't think that he was going to be able to just outwork him all the way around. 
I didn't think that Slava was going to be able to outwork Jacasey. I think that Jacasey just brought that veteran experience. So, you know, that's a, that's a fight that it didn't really jump off the page to me at the start, you know, I, and it still wasn't anything that was worth writing home to mama about. So that wraps it up there as far as the main card goes. There is another fight on the card that I do want to throw some uh, some tremendous recognition to, and that is to Chris El Guapo Gutierrez. Chris El Guapo Gutierrez etched his name in the history books once again. He is now the only fighter in UFC history. I'm talking, think of your elite strikers of the past, your Anderson Silvas, your... Vitor Belfort's, your Pedro Hizzo's, your whoever it may be, Wonder Boys, any of the sort. They have not done what Chris Oguapo Gutierrez has now been able to do. Edson Barbosa, just the same. He is now the only fighter to ever have a finish recorded in the UFC's history by both a leg kick TKO as well as a spinning back fist knockout. So shout out to you, Katikas. You've been one of my day one comments from the Peanut Gallery crew members and uh you know i'm grateful for all the experiences and seeing the growth that you've been able to have and and achieve out there in in the octagon that's uh that's a tremendous testament to the dedication that you put into your craft especially considering where you were at just a few years ago when you came out here to colorado so love you brother thank you so much for everything that you've also done for me uh, in the meantime all right and now to round this portion of the show off, there's one more fight that I want to talk about that I think drew the attention of fight fans all around the world. Being, yes, it was in an international organization. Over in one championship, you had Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson taking on Rod Tang in a mixed rules competition. So what do I mean by the mixed rules? One round is Muay Thai, one round it was MMA. And it, it was set to alternate that for four rounds. You have to have just tremendous amounts of respect for Mighty Mouse for even wanting to put himself in that particular situation. And Rod Tang just the same because he was transitioning in those alternate rounds and fighting MMA. You know, it was something that was a, kind of a, a throwback to yesteryear with some of the former promotions out there. And, uh, you know, to see Mighty Mouse go out there and take on Rod Tang in that first round in Rod Tang's rule set and not completely look out of place or not, I guess, I don't know if he embarrassed himself is right, but that's not the right way to put it. But to not go out there and completely get sparked under that rule set, I think was a tremendous testament to just how good of a martial artist that Mighty Mouse is. You know, again, he's one of the greatest of all time. If we're talking pure all-around skill sets, it's hard not to give him one of the, if not the nod, he's certainly a top three guy ever in terms of just pure skill set. Mighty Mouse then goes on to choke him out in the second round. Once it got into his territory, once it was in that MMA round, he didn't allow for it to go to another situation of just striking between the two of them. So, again, he dared to be great. He was the man in the arena, put himself in an uncomfortable situation, especially following like that fight with Adriana Marais getting knocked out with that down, uh, with that down knee, which is legal over there and won. That's something that... Uh, Again, I just as a as a 
fan, as a spectator, as an analyst, commentator, whatever hat that I wear that you want to say, nothing but respect to Mighty Mouse for going out there and being the man in the arena and finding a way to come out victorious. That wraps it up for this week's edition of the What I Got Right and What I Got Wrong segment. So please make sure that if you have any sort of HVAC needs, hit up the Colorado Native Company, let my dude Robbie know that the comments from the peanut gallery sent you, and they will take care of you just like family. We'll get back to you right after the break. Quick question for everybody out there. Who enjoys getting injured after taking a pop to the chops? Well, as someone who spends multiple hours per week speaking into a microphone, I know I don't. And I especially don't have the time to be making unnecessary trips and visits to the dentist's office. That's why I trust my oral protection needs to Impact Mouthguards. Impact Mouthguards offers custom-molded, custom-fit solutions for everything from mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu to powerlifting and nighttime products. Impact Mouthguards merchandise lineup offers things for both the badass beauties and the bearded badasses out there. Everything from rash guards and t-shirts to stickers and finger tape. Make sure that you check out www.impactmouthguards.com. Use the promo code PEANUTGALLERY in the checkout. Welcome back to the Weekend Rundown presented to you by Comments from the Peanut Gallery. We're about to get into the Afterthoughts segment presented by Fat Ninja Combat Gear. For your next original martial arts inspired outfit, make sure that you go to www.fatninjacombatgear.com today. Now, the first thing that I want to address with the Afterthoughts following UFC Columbus is what is next for Curtis Blades? It's tough to say because, you know, he, he can't obviously, I mean, Francis is out for a little while, but he's already got two losses to Francis. So to say that he should be the next in line for a direct title shot with Francis is kind of a tough sell. There are multiple potential dance partners out there. I do like the call out that he had with, uh, excuse me, with Surreal Gone. I think that that is an interesting matchup, especially with the growth that we've seen from Curtis, you know, and then if we were to see the wrestling then come into play, how does the ground game of Surreal and Surreal's jiu-jitsu match up against Curtis's wrestling? That's an interesting styles matchup between two of those top-tier heavyweights, like we mentioned before, that I wouldn't be opposed to seeing. There's also the potential matchup out there of Stipe, but as I've mentioned before, I want to see the Stipe and John Jones fight if Stipe is, if Stipe or John Jones is not in the fold to fight Francis. You know that that's a that's a trilogy fight that would be uh, the the rubber match in a one one series with Stipe and Francis. I mean, if Stipe really truly wants that title shot, I personally have no problem with him getting it. He is the greatest heavyweight champion in UFC history, so I think it's only right that you would give him that potential nod to say that's something that he wanted. But again, who am I to decide something uh, something with that? Now, the one that I... Uh, uh, an afterthought here with Neil Magny calling out Hamzat Chemaev once again. I... I th- all along, they've tried to sell us this narrative that nobody is asking for Hamzat, that Hamzat is the complete boogeyman, which I think skill set-wise, and I think by what he has the potential to do, yeah, he could very well be that guy, but stop trying to tell us that there is nobody that wants that fight or there's nobody that's asking for him because 
ever since the onset of him coming to the scene, Neil Magny has been asking for that fight. Granted, Hamza is now booked to fight Gilbert Burns. There's a little bit of a, a gap in the rankings then with Neil should Hamza beat Gilbert and where Hamza will then be placed. But either way, I mean, if the situation really is that there's not a lot of suitors that are willing to sign the dotted line, get locked in the cage, and fight Hamza, you have Neil Magny that has been pounding the pavement asking for this fight for quite some time now. And for my money, I will watch Neil Magny fight any day of the week. That dude flat out goes in there, scraps, gives it his all, and will be in it until he is taken out there is not many guys who have the grit the heart and the determination to continue to march forward the way that Anil Magny does and if there's nobody else that's supposedly out there then why not give the man the opportunity and then rounding off the afterthought segment today the mixed rules type matchups and general events like one held this last weekend I think make it entertaining for a wider base of fans to want to tune in. So they had, they had a couple of grappling super fights. You had people like Danielle Kelly on the card. You had Andre Galvao. Then obviously you had the mixed rules matchup between Mighty Mouse and Rod Tang. There was also a matchup a, a, a matchup on the card between Seb Fairtex and Angela Lee. So it was. An incredible spectacle all the way around. It was an entertaining card, and I think this was one of the better offerings that one has had in quite some time. I do like the the difference in the spectacle that way. I think that if they're able to continue to produce those high-quality matchups or book some of those recognizable and marquee names, if you will, that that could be their lane to kind of continue to grow and blossom within the space. Obviously, there's a tremendous amount of top-tier competition that's over there from that side of the world, but the only issue is they don't do a whole ton of marketing to the American audience, so we just don't know who they are. That That's just what it comes down to outside of some of the very, very hardcore fans out there. So in terms of the mass appeal and the masses catching and latching on to one, it's just uh, it, it's not there on the mainstream front in terms of our world in combat sports or in MMA stateside, if you will. But they continue to bring in some of those names like Gary Tone and obviously didn't work out for him a couple weeks ago, but he's had nothing but success prior to that point. You have a guy like Gordon Ryan who signed to them, but who knows when he may ever compete underneath that banner. Then people like Danielle Kelly, then Mighty Mouse, Eddie Alvarez still obviously being signed over there. You know, there's uh, there's names that they can continue to build upon, and if they really want to continue to blossom in the space, maybe sign some more people from this side of the world to just add to that audience base there. What do you guys think as far as the weekend as it wrapped up? 
There's obviously no shortage of headlines that are in the news surrounding some of the events within our space here and the combat sports world. Let me know in the comments. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. That way we can continue to keep on pushing this out to you every single week. Tune in to us on the MMA Plug presented by DenverSportsBetting.com on 98.1 FM Mile High Sports Radio. That is also on DenverSportsBetting.com slash radio every Wednesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. I host that show along with Josh Frem, UFC middleweight. And, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in along this week, and we will see you after the next card. Thank you so much for watching. Please hit that like, share, and subscribe button. That helps us continue to produce this original MMA content and bring it for you every single week. Tune in to the MMA plug presented by DenverSportsBetting.com on 98.1 FM, Mile High Sports Radio on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. Or live stream at DenverSportsBetting.com slash radio.